This anointed teaching by Apostle David Muluzi is brought to you by God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church. We hope you have an encounter with God as you listen to this message. Glory and the honor for all that you will do and accomplish through your word this afternoon. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody, tell them, I am the highly favored of the Lord. God bless you. Now, today, I want to continue as uh, all campuses, God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church, we have been having celebration over Saturday, several Saturdays, and I've been preaching from my book, The New Testament Believer. Now, I would really encourage you to get yourself a copy It is available, and uh, if you have your copy, please take it out, take your pen, make notes, because this is very important. Hallelujah. And by the way, uh, for those that are not aware, we have our CD. Uh, uh, Some of the songs that we're singing are from our CD. So, which is also available, I think just now they will uh, post a link where you can get it. And so, uh, unfortunately, the physical CDs are all sold out. And so, but you can get it online, you know, download the whole CD and the Lord will bless you. Hallelujah. So, I will also be available after the service. You do want me to autograph your book, and uh, I will do that. Now, last week we were on chapter 2, and we were talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament. I want to kick off from where we left off last week. You know, uh, by talking or emphasizing that uh, the Old Testament is a shadow. Now, I want, I, I'm not, I'm not teaching on uh, chapter two today, but I will, you know, probably next week when we continue in our next campus at, where are we going next week? Harangkue. You know, so I will, I will continue from there. You know, but, I want to emphasize this, that the Old Testament is a shadow of the New Testament. You know, that God gave us the Old Testament you know, as a shadow, that there will also be the New Testament. In other words, God gave uh, the promise to Abraham, you know, promise to Moses, to David, and all a testament, a, a, you know, the patriots and, and all the people that he gave them that the Messiah will still come, who is Jesus Christ. Now, when we look unto the Bible, we see that uh, the Bible, the central theme is Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, that's what it, right from Genesis, uh, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, God said to them that, uh, that, that, you know, uh, the serpent will bite the heel 
And it says that, but the seed, Genesis 3.15, the seed of a woman shall crush the head of a serpent. You know, and, and these are thousands of years before Jesus was born. So right at the beginning of the fall of man, God was saying that I am sending Jesus and Jesus is going to redeem mankind. And through Jesus Christ, I am going to be restored. I'm going to be reconciled to man. Man is going to be reconciled to me. You know, and so we see here that Jesus Christ in the whole Bible, Jesus Christ is a central figure of everything. Everything must point to Jesus and him crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended to heaven, and he's living forevermore. That is the central message of the Bible. Now, some of the reasons why other books uh, that we talked about, the, the Apocrypha, you know, and uh, other books that were not accepted or are not accepted as part of the Bible canon is because they don't take us to the central message of the Bible. They don't talk about Jesus Christ, him crucified, you know, being our savior. And that is why, you know, they are not included as part of this, as, as part of the Bible, you know, the 66 books of the Bible. And so, but what I want us to look at today is that uh, the Old Testament that God communicated with them. Now remember, Jesus said this. He said, he said in John 14 and John 16, talking about the Holy Spirit, John 14 to his disciples, he said that you will receive. He says, you know the Holy Spirit. He lives with you, but he shall be in you. You know, so they knew the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was upon Jesus. You know, but the Holy Spirit was not in them. And Jesus further said this. He said that there are many things that I want to share with you, but you cannot bear. You know, why? Because their hearts were not transformed. They were not born again. The Holy Spirit was not yet in their hearts. So that is why when Jesus rose from the dead, the first thing that he do was to change their hearts. And he said, receive you the Holy Spirit. You know, and they were transformed from the, uh, from inside. And so we see here that when we talk about the New Testament, you know, in actual fact, effectively the New Testament starts at the cross. Yeah. So before the cross, even Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are writing about the things that Jesus did while he was here. But those things that he did and the people that he was relating to before the cross, that was still under the old covenant. Yeah. So effectively, the new covenant starts at Jesus, at the cross. You see, cross is central. You know, the cross is central. So the New Testament starts at the cross. Jesus dying at the cross and Jesus, you know, uh, being buried and Jesus rising from the dead. And we saw that 
in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 15, verse 3, the Bible tells us that, you know, Paul says that uh, this is the gospel that we preach. And that is, you know, Jesus, you know, was Jesus died according to the scriptures. He was buried and he resurrected according to the scriptures and he ascended to heaven. You see, that is the central message of the Bible. And that is what students, you know, of the Bible, you have graduated. And that is what we should never shy away from. That's what we should never move away from. You know, that Jesus Christ and him crucified, him being buried, him ascending, you know, resurrecting, and him ascending to heaven. It's a central message. Without that, we are nothing. You know, and that is why we talked about, uh, we're still going to talk about, you know, but it's there in the book, the two sacraments that Jesus gave us. You know, the water baptism, that is talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, and the second sacrament, the uh, the Holy Communion, that is talking about the death of Jesus Christ, that he died, you know, and he rose for, for all of us. So you can see that also these two sacraments are taking us to what is central, you know, that is Jesus and him crucified. You see, that is the message that we need to be preaching. And so uh, now, in the Old Testament, God was relating to people based, you know, with signs, with symbols, you know, that he was saying to them that I want you to sacrifice, you know, I want you to be circumcised, you know, I want you to keep the law. All of that was not the real, you know, it was the symbol, it was the shadow. Of the real that was to be uh, to come, that is uh, Jesus Christ. That is why Jesus, when he came, he said that I came to fulfill the law. You know what you read in the Old Testament. That's what I have come to do. Yeah, you know, and all the sacrifice, all the feasts uh, that happened. You know, we see. I mean, I mean, uh, it was during Passover. God said that on uh, during Passover, this is what you will do. You see, when God instructed the children of Israel to do all of that, he knew in his mind, he was looking in the future, that in the future, Jesus is going to do this. That is why he said that every year you have to keep this. You know, And on that day, the 15th day of the month of Nisi, you know, that Jesus says that they will be Passover. And uh, on that day, he says this to them. He says that you are, you are to take four days or so to inspect the lamb. You know, separate it. Make sure that it is holy. Make sure that it, rather, it does, it's blameless. It does not have any, uh, you know, it's not, uh, 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 it's perfect. It's not default. It's not faulty in any way. You know, it does not have wounds. It does not have scars. You know, it does, it's not lame and so forth. Make sure that it is perfect. And then, uh, then when you have done that and you are happy, then you can bring it. It will be a sacrifice for that. 
And what happened? You know, when Jesus was to be crucified, you know what happened. He was sent to Pilate. You know, he was sent to Herod. You know, he stood before the high priest. He stood everywhere. And at the end, Pilate, you know, said, give me water. And he washed his hands. He said that I see no fault in this. In other words, he was admitting without realizing, you know, that this is the perfect sacrifice that is to sacrifice for all our sins. Yeah. And, and what happened? The uh, 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 religiously, people were inspecting the physical lamb, you know, but God was inspecting the real lamb, who is Jesus Christ, you know. So that is why we're saying all the things that were done in the Old Testament were just a shadow of what was to be done, what Jesus had to do in the New Testament. So Jesus came to fulfill all that the Old Testament talked about. You know, and so uh, in chapter 3, we're talking about the cross being the filter. You know, that some things in the Old Testament, you know, they, when they reached the cross, they changed. You know, and they come out now in the New Testament as new things. Yeah, and some things in the Old Testament, when they reached the cross, they never went through. So they remain in the Old Testament. So we never practice them in the New Testament. Some things uh, in the Old Testament, when they reached the cross, they went through the cross unchanged. Yeah. So now the New Testament believer. We base our practice, our teaching, you know, and uh, our discipline on what has come through the filter of the cross. And we are looking at what is it that has come through the filter of the cross and what is it that we are to practice. That is where we are basing our lives. Yeah. So now, today... I want to talk about the anointing and the anointing oil. Yeah. And so we will be looking at it in the Old Testament. And then we will see what happened when it reached the cross. You know, and what happened now in the other side of the cross, that is the New Testament. What is happening with that? So if you have your book, please turn with me to chapter 4. Page 69, you know, and if you have your Bible, please turn with me to Exodus chapter 30 and verse 31. Yeah. Now, this is the instruction about the anointing oil in the Old Testament. Now, the Bible says here, uh, Exodus 30 verse 31, we'll read up to verse 33. Please beam it up, media team, thank you. Yeah, And he says, you shall say to the people of Israel, this shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. What shall it be? My holy anointing oil. So it was anointing oil and it was holy. And he says that throughout your generations. So the anointing oil was to be holy 
and throughout the generation. And it says, it shall not, now listen to this, verse 32, it shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person. Did you get that? You know, so no Tom, Dick, and Harry will receive the anointing oil in the Old Testament. Are you getting me so far? And it says that it shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person. And listen to this. This is, you need to under, take your book, underline it. This is very much important. Listen, it says, and you shall make no other like it in composition. It is holy and it shall be holy to you. So what was to happen? This is what was to happen. You know, that uh, Moses was to take this and to tell Aaron that this is how we make the anointing oil. And then he says that the anointing oil shall not rest on the ordinary person. In other words, it is only uh, selected to the few. Yeah. And then he says this, which is very much important. He says that you shall not make, you know, no other like it in composition. So in other words, God is saying that I am the only one that is God. Who is holding the copyright to the anointing oil? God is saying that even though you have the, you know the ingredients that are to go into the anointing oil. But he says that you shall not make it. You are prohibited from making it. You shall not make it. Remember, it's in the Old Testament. We will come now to the New Testament. But I'm laying this foundation so that it can be very important. You know, it is very important to us so that we can. Now, why God says that you shall not, you shall not make a copy of it? You know, even though you know this is how we are making, you shall not make a copy. Why? He says, because it is holy and it shall be holy to you. In other words, you shall respect it. You know, don't take it at any other thing. This is holy and it is holy unto me. And it shall be holy to you also. Now let's continue reading verse 33. He says, whoever compounds any like it. In other words, when you make a copy of it, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider shall be cut off from his people. In other words, you shall die. Do you see how important the holy, the anointing oil was? Yeah. And so God says here that you shall die. You cannot, uh, 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 you know, make of it. Yeah. Now, when God gave instruction to Moses that this is how you are to make the anointing oil, we see here we, we need to look at several things. The first mention of oil, it's in Genesis 28. Yeah. Uh, we are on page 17 now. You know, Genesis 28, verse 18. You know, the Bible remember that. 
Jacob ran away from his brother and uh, he, he got somewhere, he slept, and then God manifested, you know, the, he saw he had a vision, a, a ladder from heaven and angels descending and ascending. You remember the story? And the Bible says that when he woke up, he said that this is the house of God. I didn't know it. This place is holy and I didn't know it. And the Bible says that he poured oil, you know, on the, on the stone that he slept. And then he made a pillar, a memorial. Yeah. Now that oil that he poured, it was uh, to say that this is uh, separated unto God. That is what Jacob was saying. Remember, that is before the anointing oil, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and 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 uh, in the you know when God sto- uh, uh, spoke about you know oil and the anoint uh, and the anointing oil, we see that it was accompanied by sacrifice, yeah, and also a libation, you know, a pouring, you know, of water uh, unto God, or or you know, yeah you know, liquid or whatever unto God. So we see that now by virtue of being always the two, you know, being together, it means that when Abram, you know, we can deduce that when Abram went into into the place and into Bethel and uh, he, he made a sacrifice, he dedicated unto God, that it is possible that he might have uh, used oil, but we are not told of that in the Bible. But we see Jacob doing it. So where did Jacob learn from? So that is what we saying that he must have used it. Uh, he must have learned from his grandfather Abraham. Yeah. Now, if so, so we we understand also that the oil was pressed from olives. So that is why we say that it was olive oil. Right? You know, uh, when God talks about the cases in Deuteronomy uh, 28 verse 40, he says this, that, you know, if you don't obey the way, one of the cases that he mentions there, he says that uh, you shall, you shall, you know, plant a, 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 a cursed person shall plant olive trees, but never gets the benefit of extracting oil from their fruit in order to make ointment for their body. So that scripture alone is showing us that the oil that was used was from the olives. You know, so it was olive oil that was used. Are you with me so far? Now, its purpose, now, what, what then was, so, so let, let me say this, maybe to simplify uh, things, is that olive oil was used for many things. It was used to, uh, like, you know, we have Vaseline, we have, you know, all of that to, uh, you know, to, to moisturize your body. You know, it was used, uh, for, for lighting in the lamps. Yeah. So it was used for, uh, 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 several things. It was also used for, 
you know, healing the wounds, you know. So, uh, it was used for several things. But now, and, and that was the olive oil. Yeah. Now, when God gave Moses instruction that you shall now make the anointing oil, anointing oil had to be specific. Yeah. It was olive oil, but it had ingredients in them. So it was prepared in a special way. In Exodus 30, verse 22 to 25, you know, it tells us that uh, some of the perfume that were used there was meh, cinnamon, aromatic uh, cane, thank you, and cassia. You know, those were the ingredients that were used. You see that in page 72. So, and also correct measurements had to be, uh, 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 you know, applied. It was not just say, okay, I'm taking this and this and this, I'm putting it together. They had to measure and take exactly those ingredients and, uh, in their exact measurement and uh, 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 combine them with the olive oil and that would make it the anointing oil. Are you with me? So with the anointing oil, what was the anointing oil used for? It was used for, uh, it was put on the priest. Yeah. Every priest that would, uh, to, to, to be in an office of priesthood, he was anointed with oil, that particular oil, you know. And then that particular oil, was to separate the priest, to say that, you know, the, the priest is holy unto the Lord. Yeah. So that is why after the priest was anointed, he was not to do a couple things. You know, there are other things that he was not. Why? Because he was separated unto God. So anointing oil was separating the person unto God. And it was not only... Uh, the priest, uh, also later on the prophets, you know, were anointed with the anointing oil, you know. And then also the kings were anointed with the anointing oil. Now, no any other person was supposed to be anointed with the anointing oil. So when we talk about the anointing oil, we're talking about the olive oil that had a mixture of these ingredients, you know, at their right measurement, that they were mixed together, and that were done by a qualified person, a priest who was to do that, and this was secluded to only three kinds of people, the priests, the prophets, and the kings. Are you with me so far? Yeah, now... That is why God said that if you apply it on an ordinary person, then that person would die. In other words, if I am here and I'm taking that and apply it on the, uh, any other person, the person will die, I will also die. You know. And so, uh, that's how strict uh, this was before God. And so it was not supposed to be done on any other person. Yeah. And another thing that we see, it was 
also anoint, uh, uh, it was put on the tabernacle as a whole. And later on the temple. And not only that, but also on all the utensils that were used, you know, in the, you know, in the ark and, you know, in the, uh, you know, the utensils, everything that was used in the tabernacle, you know, what's supposed before it was first used, it was supposed to be anointed with the anointing oil. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Now, when it was anointed with the anointing oil, then the significance of that is that that thing is holy unto the Lord. Yeah. And then that thing was not supposed to be touched by any other person except the priest and also the right tribe or the right clan of the priest. Yeah. So that's how strict it, uh, uh, you know, this was. Now, to give you an example, you remember that the Ark of the Covenant was taken to the land of the uh, Philistine. And when David came into power, he said that, I want to bring the Ark back. Remember? And they went, they put it on a new cart, right? And uh, the oxen were pulling the cart. And what happened? It got somewhere. It was bumpy, dongas were there, rocks were there, and then it was like wanted to fall. And what happened? Uzzah stretched out his hand. Uzzah was not a priest. Nobody was supposed to uh, touch that. He stretched out his hand and touched, trying to uh, hold it that he should not fall. And what happened? He died. Why? Because the ark was anointed by the anointing oil. And also, uh, remember, you know, a, a, a few incidences before that one, you know, that uh, the Philistine, it went into the land of the Philistine when it was captured, you know, and they put it in the, in the temple of their god, uh, Dogon, Dagon, you know, and Dagon uh, fell. You know, and ultimate, and then from there, they were inflicted with a uh, boys, boys, you know, uh, the whole land. And then the Philistines realized that this, this, this is the problem. And they sent it away to the land of Israel. Now, what, this is what happened. When it got into the land of Israel, some, in, it was out there in the field. Some of the people of Israel went in and looked inside the ark. And what happened? They died. Why? Because it was anointed by the anointing oil. Yeah. So that's how powerful uh, the anointing oil was. And uh, that's how powerful also it represented. You know, I will talk, you know, I don't want to go ahead of myself. We'll now look into, you know, later we'll look in, into the New Testament, you know, that what, what has that has to do with us? Yeah. So now, so nobody had to, to do that. It was supposed to be anointed on the people, the priests, the kings, the prophets, and also on the tabernacle and all the utensils. You know, nobody had to be anointed with the anointing oil. Are you with me? 
So when the Bible talks about the anointing oil, it's referring to this oil. You never refer any oil to anointing oil. And that is why, remember David, uh, uh, you know, who uh, uh, Saul was anointed by, king, uh, by prophet uh, Samuel. You know, with the anointing oil, right? Yeah. And what happened? When uh, Saul, we know that he missed God and he didn't follow God and God removed him and he placed David, you know, he chose David that David will be the one who will now uh, be the next king. And Saul learned about it and wanted to kill David. You know, and David had two opportunities to kill Saul. Now, what did he say? I shall not touch the anointed of the Lord. Yeah, because that holy anointing oil, it's upon his head. I should never make a mistake and raise my hands upon the anointed of God. Yeah. And so because the anointing oil was upon his, his life. Yeah. And so now the priest, I mean, people would catch leprosy. And uh, when they catch leprosy, you know, they would go, you know, and quarantine outside. And then uh, when they are healed, they would come back. And when they come back, one of the things that will be done on them to show that now they are cleansed of leprosy was to be anointed with oil. Guess what? It is not the anointing oil. It was the ordinary olive oil. That is why we never read anywhere in the Bible where it says the anointed of the Lord, referring to the uh, people who had leprosy. Because they were never the anointed of the Lord because they were never anointed with the anointing oil. Are you with me so far? So those that were called the anointed of the Lord, they were called anointed of the Lord because they had this anointing oil that had all these ingredients. So now, uh, just based on that, if you are taking oil and you call it anointing oil already, you are in error. Already, already. We haven't gone far, but already you are in error. Yeah. And then, uh, number two, that oil that you call anointing oil, does it have all these ingredients? You're not sure. Even if it's made in Israel, we're not sure. Yeah. Number three, even if it is this oil, olive oil, with all these ingredients in it, exactly as it was stated, the, 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 the fact that you are making it or the person made it, you are not qualified or that person is not qualified to make it. So therefore, it disqualifies that that you call anointing oil. 
I'm just judging you based on the Old Testament. We haven't gone to the New Testament yet. You know, I'm just judging you according. Because I get you are practicing the Old Testament, you know, practice. So based on your practice of the Old Testament, I'm just judging you that you are in error. Hallelujah. So now, that was the anointing oil. Yeah, that was what was done in the Old Testament. Uh, now, what happened to the cross? Yeah, what happened to the cross? I'll tell you the, what happened. Yeah, the Bible. Yeah, please get the book, underline it. What I'm telling, I've I've taken time to write it. You know, get the book and it's there at the special price of. 150, it's a celebration price. Eh? And after the celebration, it goes back to 117. <laughs> right. Now, here, here is the thing. That we come now to the New Testament. What do we see in the New Testament? Number one. The whole of the New Testament, there is no even one verse that talks about the anointing oil. There is no one verse in the New Testament that talks about anointing oil. It talks about being anointed with oil. I'm coming to that. But it, it, there is no verse that says, you shall use this anointing oil. Give me a verse that you know that talks about the anointing oil. And let's beam it up here. Then I will resign. I will burn all the books. <laughs> right? Now, the New Testament, the Bible talks about, just like in the Old Testament, also in the New Testament, it talks about, you know, oil for ointment, right? It does not call it anointing oil. Like Jesus says that when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites who go out there and, you know, uh, show off. But he says that you wash and do what? Anoint yourself with oil. It's not anointing oil. It is not anointing oil. Give Vaseline. Jesus was saying, take Vaseline. Oscar, but, you know, take Vaseline and apply Vaseline. Oh, shine. Are you with me? You know, and then, this is another thing that we see. We see that uh, there are only three scriptures in the New Testament that talks about anointing with oil. Remember, it's different from anointing oil. It talks about anointing with oil. Okay? It's not talking about anointing oil. It says anointing with oil. Yeah. The first one, it's in Mark Chapter 
6, verse 13. Jesus sent his disciples, you know, and then they went out. He says, go and preach the gospel and so, so. They went out and the Bible says that they cast out demons. You know, they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Okay? Now, the second one is the parable that Jesus said about the good Samaritan. You know, right? You know, uh, we find that, where do we find that? Eh? Page 76. Luke 10, verse 38, 34. And, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the man was beaten, he was down there, and then the priest came, you know, looked at him and, and passed, right? Because the question was, who is my neighbor? Jesus said that you go and do likewise to your neighbor. And then the guy thought that he was smart. He said, but who is my neighbor? You know, Jesus tells this parable, right? And then he passed, he goes, and then the Levite come, and then he looked at pass uh, over the sick man. Then the uh, Samaritan came. Yeah. And he says he came, he stopped, he got off his donkey. You know, he looked at the man, he washed his wounds, right? You know, he went to him and bound up his wounds. Pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn. That is, you know, a place, you know, holiday or something. And took care of him. Holiday inn. Or, you know, something like that. You know, into an inn. eh? And then took care of him. Right? This is Jesus telling the story. Okay? That is the second scripture. The third scripture is in James. We all know that scripture. James chapter 5, you know, verse 14. Yeah. Is anyone among you? James chapter 5, verse 14. Yeah. Now, uh, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay? So, besides these three scriptures, you don't find any scripture that is talking about anointing with oil. There is no scripture that talks about uh, anointing oil. You know, and these are the three scriptures that we can look at that talks about anointing with oil, right? Now, uh, talking about that, let's come to this now. That uh, anointing, that there are times whereby people were ordained into ministry. People had, uh, they lay their hands upon them. Yeah. Now, what is the instruction? The instruction is that they will lay their hands upon them and pray for them. Right? 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, Paul, God, uh, uh, Paul tells uh, Titus, he tells Timothy, all of that. And also in Acts chapter 13, that's what we see when Paul, you know, uh, we prayed for him and Barnabas. You know, that the only thing that we see here was that they laid hands upon them, that they prayed for them. Now, my question is, if in the ordination of Paul, Barnabas, elders, you know, deacons, and everybody, if oil was used, anointing oil, and if oil, either it's anointing oil or uh, not uh, ordinary oil, but if oil was used, don't you think that the Bible could have mentioned that? So, it is not an omission, but it is, it is exactly as it's supposed to be. Oil was never used. But the laying on of hands, uh, it's mentioned. Are you with me so far? I will close with this. So hang it in there and let's go back to the three scriptures. You know. Now, here, here is the thing. The three scriptures that we mentioned, right? What is common in all these three scriptures? People were sick. Eh? So, so, eh, if you're using this scripture for, you know, as anointing oil and you anoint your, your house, we don't find it in the Bible. The house, unless your house is sick, you know. <laughs> if you're using these scriptures, uh, it needed petrol. <laughs> if you're using it to anoint your car, your car is not sick. Unless your car is sick, it's a different story. Are you with me? Now, guess what? Also, in the casting out of, of demons, it is never mentioned. Now, let's look at the verse that talks about the casting of demons and then the healing of the sick in one verse. You know, that refers to the anointing with oil. Let's go back. What verse would that be? It was Mark 6, verse 13. It mentions both of them in the scripture. Let's read it again. Mark 6, verse uh, 13. When the dis uh, Remember, eh? uh, the Bible doesn't say Jesus instructed them that you go and do. But the Bible is reporting that this is what they did. Because that is important. And what happened? They, the disciples went out, right? And cast out many demons. Eh? The, the de what happened to the demons? They were cast out. So they cast out, not casted, please. But cast. 
we don't broadcast it, you know, broadcast. Past tense, it's, it remains cast. Right? Yeah. So, uh, the demons were cast out. They cast out many demons. Close case. And what came to the, what about the sick? And anointed with oil. That those who, uh, the, uh, the demonized? No. They anointed with oil. Many who were demon possessed. No. But who, who, who were they that they anointed with oil? Who were sick and healed them? So what do we see in this verse? We see that the anointing with oil is solely used. It's secluded to the sick. Not to the cars, not to the donkeys, not to the houses, not to uh, whatever, but to the sick. Now, my question is, why would that be? Why would that be? And why doesn't the Bible say it's the anointing oil? I'll give you an answer. You know why? We need, now, to understand this, we'll go a little bit deeper. You know, it is there in the book, into the Greek language that was used. Firstly, you know, the Bible, when it talks about anointing, eh? you know, that they were anointing, in, that is in the New Testament, right? Now, the word that is used there is the word aleifo. You know, in page 76, you know, the second paragraph, is the word aleifo. Are we at the graduation of students that they've been studying, that love studying? Now, the Greek word there is the word that is transliterated aleifo. You know, uh, transliterated A-L-E-I-P-H-O. Yeah. And uh, now, aleifo. What does aleifo mean? When we take the word aleifo, Eh? The Greek word aleifo. And we see it where it was used and applied. It literally means to rap. To rap. Rap, rap. Are we still in, uh, we are still in Mark? Mark 6 verse 13. I wonder if in the media, can they beam it in the good news translation? Because it brings out the perfect way that it's supposed to be. In good news, if you have good news, GNB, good news Bible. You know, 
Is there anyone who can read it for us in good, you have phone sense, good news Bible. Mark 6 verse 13 in good news translation. Yeah. Uh, Bible school student. Oh, okay. We have the dean. The dean has just rescued you. Okay, what does it say? They drove out. Hey, hey, hey! Is the mic? Mark six, verse thirteen. Good news translation. Yes. They drove out many demons uh-huh. and rubbed olive oil on many sick people and healed them. Uh-huh. They did what? They rubbed olive oil. On many sick people and healed them. They rubbed olive oil on many sick people. And there it is. They drove out many demons and rubbed olive oil on many sick people and healed them. So, so, if you are still practicing you know, that, then you need to rub, 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 right? You know. And so, the word literally means that. You know, you rub them with oil. Now, when you rub them with oil, uh, we can put it this way. They massage the sick people. Yeah, uh, Pastor Luisa, the other day, took me to these places. One of these many places yeah, where they do massage. I'm telling you, they put oil, different oils on my body. They were rubbing, you know, everywhere. Huh? They were rub- rubbing everywhere. With oil. Now that's exactly what the Bible is talking about. So, here is the thing. The oil, the fact that it is solely used on the sick, it means that the oil was never used either for sacramental use or for spiritual use or for whatever use, it was used medicinally. Are you with me? And so, today, we are, we are having better things than olive oil. We have the borabrap, we have, you know, uh, bo, bo deep heat, we have bo deep heat, right? You know, so if you have a sore muscle, you know, we've, be- we've got better things now today to use. Now, can you imagine, you know, I come to you to pray for you. You say, you know, uh, in my house. And then I take out deep heat. And then I go to every door, every window. I put in a deep heat, deep heat, deep heat, deep heat. Deep heat. Fire. 
Jibhit, fire! Wait, will it really make sense? It won't. And now, James, uh, 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 another scripture in the three scriptures is the scripture in James. James 5, you know, uh, take us there again. What does the Bible say? James 5 verse 14. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Aloifoing, anointing him, you know, rubbing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So the person, the following verse, you know, says this. It says, and the prayer of faith shall save the one who is sick. And the Lord will do what? Raise him up. Raising up means that he has been, you know, a bed, on bed reading or something like that. So muscles, whatever. You know, so after they prayed for him and after they, uh, uh, you know, they, they, uh, you know, wrap him with oil, then what would happen? He says that if he has committed any sin, he will be forgiven. God, he says, and the Lord will raise him up. Yeah. So it is for medicina. Now, I have different views, uh, uh, I've taken what different views are there for, you know, uh, are out there, and I've put them in the books, you know, that is it a sacrament? A sacrament? Is it a, a symbol? It is, I argue all of them, so we won't have time, uh, because I've only been given less time. But in the book, you can get all my arguments on that, or this, person says this and so forth and this and then I put my conclusion in there. Yeah. So I won't have time to, you know, to, to take you into that. So now what I want you to see is that the oil that is mentioned in the New Testament, it's for the, it's, it's medicinal, it's for the medicinal purpose. It is never for spiritual purpose. Now, the Bible talks about Jesus saying that the good Samaritan take oil, and then he uses this word that is translated, he says, he poured oil. Right? He poured oil. Now, it's not a lay for, the word is not a lay for that is used. It's the word epicheo. You know, uh, you can spell it E-P-I-C-H-E-O. Epicheo, you know, is the word that it's used there. It literally means to pour. So now, if you are using anointing oil, you're pouring, you will be epicheo. And then how were people anointed in the Old Testament? They were not rap rap. It was poured. Paul, you know, the Bible talks about uh, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It, it is like oil poured on the head of Aaron and then it flows, you know, to his beers and, you know, uh, into his body. So, uh, doing, taking one 
and then doing this. Already, you are not doing what the Old Testament is. It was part. It was part. Right? So if you want to be true to the Bible, then follow it through. You know, have gallons of oil and pour it on. Don't, don't come with this thing and take this little bottle and then you... Okay, let me begin to close this by going back to the scripture. The Bible, Jesus, we, we, we saw here that the word here, anointing, that is used, is the word alepho, right? Now, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, can we go there? Jesus is going into the synagogue, you know, and then uh, when he gets there, he's being handed a scroll, you know, of Isaiah. He, he opens it, you know, and uh, he begins to read the Old Testament. But now look at the words that are used there. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has done what? Anointed me. To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He says, He has anointed me. Now Jesus was anointed by, by, the spirit of the Lord, right? You know, it was not the oil, right? It was the spirit of the Lord. Now, the word that is there anointed, it's not the same way that was used in, uh, uh, they anointed with oil, the seed. It's not a lay for. The word that is, you can go and check it out. The way that it's used here, he says, because he has anointed me, is the word Krio. Krio. You know. Krio, right? Is the word what? Krio. Yeah. He says, the Holy Spirit is upon, because he has Krioed me. He has anointed, not a life, but Krioed. Let's go to Acts 10, verse 38. Acts 10, verse 38. And then he says, how God, Acts 10, verse 38, verse 38. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, that word, how God, is not God for Jesus of Nazareth, is the word Krio. Right? Are you with me so far? You want the third scripture? Let's go to first. Uh, 1 Corinthians, 
First, uh, Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 21. Now, these are addition, the, the, the scripture reference, you know, that I've just given you, addition, are not there, you know, uh, in the book. So you have to write them down. Second Corinthians, chapter 1, verse uh, 21. It says, now this is Paul. He's talking about us Christians. He says, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. It's not the word I lay for. It is Creo. Now, meaning it's uh, he has anointed us. You know, is the word Creo. Now, when you now take the word, this anointed us, you take the word and you're talking about, you know, the person who is anointed. It is Creo, you know, so it is written, Christ. And that is why Jesus is called the anointed one. The creed one, the Christ, it is Christ. It is not Jesus, the Alepho. It is Jesus, the anointed one. Are you with me? So, what are we saying out of all of this? This is what we're saying. Let me give you an example. Then I will uh, come to this. In the Old Testament, what was used for sacrifices? For the, not even forgiveness, but for the covering of sins. It was lambs. Eh? The blood of the lambs were used to cover the sins. Now, in the New Testament, what is used? It is not the blood of the Lamb, but it is the blood of Jesus Christ. So, what, what, what is the implication of this? The, the Hebrew, you know, there are scriptures there in the book, you can look at them. The Hebrew tells us, the book of Hebrews, it tells us that, you know, it was the blood of animals. They could not even take away sins. They just covered sins. You know, but in the New Testament, it is the blood of Jesus. So the blood of animals were a shadow, were an example of the real. And the real is the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So in the Old Testament, when you come now to the, uh, the New Testament, are we still using the blood of animals? No. We are not using the blood of animals because the real has come. And the real is the blood of Jesus. Are you with me? So, the Bible says, you know, uh, what about oil? The anointing oil in the Old Testament. I'll tell you, what is it all about? The anointing oil in the Old Testament was talking about the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So, 
that they were, you know, when a person is anointed with anointing oil in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit rested upon him. You know, God was saying that the closest thing of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, it is the anointing oil. But now, when we come into the New Testament, you know, the Holy Spirit has come down. He has descended. He has is now dwelling in our hearts. The real has come. Now, now the fact that the real has come, we no longer need the symbol. We no longer need the symbol. Why? Because the real, who is the Holy Spirit, has come. So we are not to hold on to the symbols. We are to hold on to the real. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who has come upon our lives? You see, that is why Jesus said, he told his disciples, he says that don't go yet. Wait in Jerusalem until you are endured with power. And he says that you shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that is why, church, in the New Testament, we never ever see the physical use of the oil, the anointing oil. Why? Because what oil represented in the Old Testament has now arrived in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, it is the Holy Spirit upon our lives. That is what has come. And so, oil is insignificant. In the New Testament. Because the Holy Spirit has come. Let me say this. Let us stop running after the shadows. Let us stop pursuing the shadows. Let us go for the real. As much as we are no longer running after the blood of animals, but the blood of Jesus Christ, it's as much as we should stop running after the oil, the physical oil, but we should go for the real oil. That is the oil of the Holy Spirit that we need to go for in our lives. So my charge to you, students, is that go for the real oil. That is the Holy Spirit. Is that go for what is important. The Holy Spirit in your life. If ever you are to pursue anything, pursue the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, I've been hearing uh, the students saying, talking about you know, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. One of the modules that you were doing. Let me tell you, that is very much important in your life. Yeah. You should never ever replace that with anything. You know, but let us pursue the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, when I got this, you know, from the, uh, from the Bible, then I realized that, you know, oil, is representing the Holy Spirit. Because I, I question, why is the, 
why is the New Testament quiet about anointing oil? That was my question. Why? Until I discovered that the oil, the anointing oil, represented the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So in the New Testament, we are no longer going after the shadow, but we are going after the real. That is the oil of the Holy Spirit. And then just like the oil, the, the anointing oil was poured upon the head of Aaron and the priest and everyone that it was allowed to flow in, you know, and to, uh, to really saturate them. It is the same way that in the, in the New Testament, don't just look for a drop of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to stay in there. You need to hook in there and you allow God to pour his oil upon your life and let the oil saturate you. Let it flow from your head to your face, to your uh, shoulders, the whole body, you know, spirit, soul, and body. Let it be covered by the oil of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you that when you are covered by the oil, of the Holy Spirit, you will do what Jesus did. You know, as God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. It's the same thing that will happen to you that when you stay under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that God will anoint you. That the same anointing, that the creo, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come upon your life and you will be turned into another man. You will be turned into another woman. You will be different. And people will look at you and say, what has happened? to you and you will say I've been transformed by the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life and I want to charge you today that can we pursue the anointing of the Holy Spirit can we pursue the real anointing not the shade the shadow of the physical oil, but let's pursue the real anointing. Look here. If Paul and Barnabas were anointed by the Holy Spirit when they ordained them, that they laid their hands upon them after fasting, and that was enough. You know, what do you think? If the the real, the real, eh? Come away. You know, Paul, 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 Barnabas, eh? Paul, Barnabas, who saw it fit that, you know, only hands being laid upon them and the anointing came and that they did not need the any anointing oil or any oil or anointing with oil. If they, who are you? Are you better, bigger than Paul and Barnabas? Who are you to criticize Paul? 
when Paul tells Timothy and he tells, he says that, you know, when you uh, anoint uh, 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 elders, uh, anoint uh, leaders, he says, lay your hands upon them. He never mentioned oil because he understood that oil was just a shadow. But the real has come. And that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need to cry for the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It will transform you. It will change you. It will turn you into another person. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, how was the anointing released? You know, I'll just touch on that day. It's a whole chapter on the laying on of hands. The anointing was released by the un, uh, 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 laying on of hands. You know, once a year, uh, God would say, get two goats. One, it will be slaughtered, his blood taken into the Ark of the Covenant. The other one, it's called what? Scapegoat, right? Now, what happened to the scapegoat? The Bible says that the high priest, you know, who will take all the sins of the nation for the whole year, you know, go into the head of a goat, lay his hands unto the head of the goat, and speak every sin. You know, when Israel, of a goat, lay their hands. They now, why why didn't they say, you know, whenever Israeli, it's about and from there, when when you know, it wouldn't be carrying anything, but hands had to be laid, yeah. And hands had to be laid and all the sins were to be transferred to the goat. And then when the man was taking, the young man was taking the goat away into, uh, into the wilderness, it was carrying the sins of whole Israel. Only by laying hands on them. In the Old Testament, so we see the same practice in the New Testament. Yeah. That the anointed will lay their hands. Jesus also said, he says that the believers will lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So what was that? You see, the believer is anointed. You know, the oil, the real oil, not you know, the bottles, no, the real oil, oil of the Holy Spirit, it's upon a believer. 
You know, and when the believer who is anointed with oil, I mean, with the Holy Spirit, lays his hands upon the sick, there is a transparency of the anointing that is chasing away the sickness, the disease, uh, every problem. The anointing is being transferred. It is the same way when the teachers and prophets lay their hands upon Paul and upon Barnabas, there was a transparency of the anointing upon them. It is the same way when Timothy was to lay his hands upon and ordain ministers. It was not empty hands on empty heads, you know. But it was hands that were anointed by the Holy Spirit. And those hands came upon the heads of all those that were anointed. And there was transference of anointing upon them. That is why Paul says to Timothy, he says, don't be quick. To do what? To anoint sample? No, no, no. To do what? To lay your hands upon people. Lest you share in their sin. Don't be quick. Why? Because the laying on of hands is powerful. There is transference when hands are laid upon a person. You know, when they say that there is coronavirus, we should social distance, we should not lay our hands. I decided I will lay my hands. The Bible says that the believer shall lay hands on the sick. I'm not scared. I am a believer. Corona is a sickness. You know, and the believer will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Prayed for people. I prayed for people because that is my right. That is what the Bible tells me. The Bible didn't say only but when Corona comes, please social distance. Don't even touch anybody. See, the devil knows the power that is in the laying on of hands. And that is why he wanted to muzzle the church that we should not lay our hands upon the sea, upon, you know, on ordaining people, that we should just be, you know, afraid, social distance, and say, I don't want to be touched. Look here. If you are anointed by the Holy Spirit, you know, you will never be scared of anything. Somebody says you are reckless. I'd rather be reckless according to the Bible. If that is what you call reckless, I would rather be. And we have laid hands on the sick. We have seen power of God ministering. I've never tested positive or COVID. I don't know if it came, but I always believe that every virus that touches my body dies instantly. I always believe that. It's not a slogan. It's a truth. It's a truth. Amen? Yeah. That it will touch. 
but it will die in touching you. You will never die from it, but it will die from touching you. That's what we need to believe as children of God. Amen? And so what I'm trying to highlight here is that we are anointed. Believers are anointed. And we need to believe that, that we are anointed. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's something that I am thinking I should not say it. I think I will end up right here. We're going to pray. I want you to stand on your feet right now. I want you to cry for the real, real anointing. Anointing of the Holy Spirit. I want you to pray and you say that God, I am crying for the real oil. Real oil. And that is the oil of the Holy Spirit. Lift up your voice unto God right now. Begin to cry unto the Lord right now. Father God, we pray today, this afternoon, we pray in God for the oil of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. We pray, mighty God, that God, we would be saturated with the oil of the Holy Spirit. We pray, mighty God, that we would be touched by the Holy Spirit in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, mighty God, that God, you would minister unto us by your Spirit. We pray, mighty God, that your grace would rest upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, mighty God, that God, Lord, you would touch us, mighty God. We would never be but dry Christians. We will never be Christians, Lord, that are without any oil. But that God will be oiled by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that God will be saturated by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that God will be filled by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that God will be touched by the Holy Spirit this day. We pray, mighty God, that God, even as we cry out unto you, God, and just like Father, the Holy Spirit came upon the people, mighty God, on the day of Pentecost, and that Father, they were transformed, and people saw them as drunk. I pray, mighty God, that God we would be touched by your anointing, by your presence, oh God. We pray that God we would be saturated by the oil of the Holy Spirit, oh God. We pray that God we would be filled by the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we would be transformed, we would be saturated. 
We pray that God will carry the real oil in our lives, the real oil of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Rebakastibiri mare yara bare yara burushene Mera bakare yara bare yane Rimara bare yara bare yane Rebakare yara bare yara bare yane Rimalakare yara bare yane Rebakare yara bare yane Rebakare yara bare yane Rimara bare yara bare yara bare yane We are praying oh God That you will fill our lives you will fill our lives. You will fill our hearts. You will fill mighty God. Oh, fill everyone, oh God. Ribakaste bere bare bare yane. Arabakare yara bare yane. Ribakare yara bare yane. Ribakare yara bare yara bare yane. Ribakashe bere bekere bore bere mane. Arabakariane, Rebeke Shobo Rebeke, Rebeke Remeriane, Rebakariara Boroboriane, Rebakariara Boroboriane, Remalakariara Boroboriane, Arabakari Baraba, Rababa Baba, Rababa Baba Mamma, Rababa Baba Mamma Mamma, Rebakari Bareba, Rabakariara Boroboria, Arabakariara Baria. Rimalakari arabariane, Ribakari arabariane, Ribalakari arabariane, Ribakari araboroboriane. Oh God, Lord, oil us, oil our spirits, oh God, oil our hearts, oh God, oil our lives, oh God, oh, with the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. Arabakari bariane, ribakari arabariane, ribakari arabariane, ribakari araboroshene. Oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, mighty God, for your anointing. We thank you, Lord, for your grace upon your children this day. That God, you touch us. By your spirit. You minister to us by your spirit. Lord you saturate us. With the oil of heaven. Oh Lord let the oil of heaven saturate our lives. Let the oil of heaven fill our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode. Join us next time, even as we continue to learn and grow with Apostle David Muluzi. Also, visit our website for more at cfcpolokwane.com. God richly bless you.